Welcome in to another edition of the Doyle and Derek podcast here on IndyStar.com. I'm Derek Schultz, afternoon host on Fox Sports 1260, the better part of Quarian Schultz is what I like to say, but the star of the show is Greg Doyle of the Indy Star. You know him as the columnist, and uh, Greg, once again, talking Colts, of course, with today's podcast, but new digs here. We're in what looks like, this feels almost like a space training module here. We're in the Indie Star, what, what is this called? Vocal Booth? Vocalbooth.com? This is actually kind of neat in here. It doesn't say IndyStar.com, it says Vocalbooth.com. <laughs> two things. One is that it's a little bit awkward that you always introduce me as the star of the show. It's it's well, There's two of us here. And, and, and two is, I listened last week, um, maybe more than once, and uh, how come you sound so loud and clear on yours? Granted, you've got a radio voice, and I don't, but but I'm I'm like licking this microphone as we speak, and if this thing sounds half as loud as yours on the podcast, and I'm screaming right now, I'm yeah, screaming. I'm, I'm looking at the levels here, and I, I think it's all right. Okay, I it could be right. me. Maybe it's a little bit better. It could be my, yeah. my wimpy little voice. Like I'm I not I used to project a little bit more because I've got all the, the radio, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it training really, just... The fact that they've let me talk into a microphone for like 10 years. Are you saying your diaphragm is stronger than my diaphragm? I, I wasn't going to put it in those terms, but yeah, I mean a little bit. It's more uh, fine-tuned. How about that? Like you are typing. I'm not as good there because you have to, you're on a deadline and the whole deal. Oh, so now we get to it. I now you're better. Now we get it. You're better at this. <laughs> Finally, that's how long it took for the real Derek Schultz to come out. It and took I, two minutes into episode two. And here I for, thought you just been, you've been doing your Kegels or whatever those are. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about this coming up the escalator here at the at the spacious and luxurious Indy Star headquarters here downtown that by the time you guys are hearing this, Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, will have, I guess, hopefully, lent some clarity to this latest issue with Andrew Luck, which the owner of the team, Jim Irsay, said was a little bone issue. So, Greg, it, it, it kind of puts us in a little bit of a bind here because we don't know what Chris Boward is about to say coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. But what was your first reaction when the news popped up really late yesterday into early this morning with that Sirius XM interview with Ursay about the quote-unquote little bone issue for the franchise player? I know, right? And and just, just in case, I want to clear this up. Um, the Colts have told me there will be a Ballard press conference uh, phone call with the media mm-hmm. later. So if if this thing drops and there's been no Ballard uh, announcement today, that's that where we are right now is we think we're going to hear from him. So and, I, and I'm sure we will. Uh, but what I thought was my my first thought is why is Jim Irsay always the one that tells us what's going on with Andrew Luck? Yeah, it's funny how that works, huh? Yeah, and I don't mean that in a bad way about Irsay at all. I mean at least he's the one that told us four inches between his head. Okay, and and now kind of in hindsight, we all kind of realize that was Andrew needed to get comfortable with with everything, and that was I mean it wasn't everything. Andrew didn't miss the 2017 season because he's a head case. But it was clearly that was important, and nobody and Andrews talked about it since. No one had said a word about that until Ursay dropped that bomb on us two years ago, and now we find out it's a little bone issue from Ursay from nobody else. And we've been asking Reich and about this and, and Andrew every time we see him, and no one's ever said a word about a bone. No, never. It's always been a calf strain, and not a calf like you can't hide behind. Well, we said the calf. We didn't say where in the calf. You said a strain. A bone doesn't get strained. So we've been either we've been misled and lied to, or it's very possible that last night they found a bone issue. I mean, who the heck knows? Yeah, it's just difficult because, and, and you almost hate knocking the Colts for this, but it's just kind of the truth, Greg, where it just seems like all of these quote-unquote little things end up lasting for months. You know, it's just, a, oh, it's just a little shoulder tear. Everything's okay. Well, hell, that thing lasted two years 
where you had you had surgery, which was quote unquote pristine, and then you still had to gas out that 2017 season, and now this quote unquote little calf strain has lasted whatever four plus months, and now we're talking about a bone. Who the hell knows what that means? Um, I, I, I just think that it, it's hard to be optimistic about where Andrew Luck is when these little things just keep popping up over and over and over again. And I don't think the Colts, I genuinely don't, and maybe I'm naive here, I don't think the Colts are being intentionally misleading. I just think the the the, the way they handle these situations always just seems to be the worst possible way to handle them. Yeah, there, there are, I guess there are privacy issues, need-to-know issues, and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure... Andrew's been driving this train, as as Frank Reich told us the day he announced there was an issue. This is all Andrew, basically, um, and not in a bad way. So it's possible, in fact, it's 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 one hundred percent sure that we don't know about this bone issue because Andrew doesn't want us to know about it. And on the one hand, I would understand people saying, "Well, it's not your business; it's his body." Yada yada yada. On the other hand, and maybe in the off season it doesn't matter. I really don't know, but there's. The NFL has this thing about transparency with injuries, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be transparent and not mislead, and, and maybe that's only for the 16 regular season games. Maybe maybe right now there's Andrew's got the right to that privacy. I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think any of us really know what's going on, and that's what makes it so frustrating, especially for fans, because you want to be optimistic, you want to take the Colts for their word, and you want to believe that it's no big deal but a lot of times these no big deal things end up being a really big deal. You can't be optimistic if you're a Colts fan. I mean, you could it's you know, I I can, I'm going to compare this to the NCAA tournament brackets that we all fill out. Mm-hmm. And when I fill out mine and post it online and then I'm wrong about a game, a fan of the team I was wrong about says, "I knew we were going to beat, you know, I I knew IU was going to beat that team or Purdue was going to beat or whatever." And my thought is always, you, know, you didn't know. You hoped, you're a fan, yep. and it, it turns out you you're right, but you didn't know. So similarly with this Andrew Luck thing, I'm sure there are people out there saying, oh, this is no big deal. And in two weeks when he's announced as the starter for the opening day, they're going to say, see, I was right. It was no big deal. You're you're guessing. We're all guessing right now. And based on Andrew's history, really, based on Andrew's history, there's you have to be naive to say this will work out fine. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to ignore the track record, right? Impossible. Impossible. Uh, when it comes to the rest of, let's say, this month, I mean, we're, we'll be three weeks. This Sunday will be three weeks from the start of the season. Will we see Andrew Luck at any point up until game week right now, Greg? I I was leaning towards no before this. Uh-huh. And whatever this is, this is a complication. And a complication only makes things worse. So I'm leaning – I think the question now is – the real question is, are we going to – will he start the opening game? Mm-hmm. That's the question. The question is not, will we see him – I mean, he's not playing against the Browns. I, the, apparently, they haven't ruled him out. I mean, I, I don't know if they have or oh, haven't. Really? Wow. Well, they've ruled him out for practicing. I saw that, yeah. And so I've read people are writing, which probably means he won't play in the game. Probably? Dummy? Probably? <laughs> Andrew Lux hasn't practiced in, in weeks with a calf issue. He's not going to practice Thursday. But we maybe he'll play Saturday. He's yeah. not playing Saturday. Um, and he's not going to play that third game either against the Bears. There's no chance. So the question is, I think it's the Bears, right? Yep. So the question is, do they put him on the field with, with you know in the garbage game, the fourth game, and the answer to that probably is no. So the real question is, is this bone issue going to keep him out of that game in L.A.? And the second question is, am I going to pay a fortune to go out there to watch the, the Colts get yeah. beat 48 nothing again by the Rams without Andrew Luck? Because that, that will probably happen again. Yeah, God, forget about the... 
the infamous Scott Tolzien game, right? First pass of the season, oh, right? God, I wrote. I tell you what, though, I, I had a lot of fun writing from that that game. <laughs> yeah, my entire story was, and of course, it was different leadership. It was Pagano, uh-huh. and and I believe it was Grigson, although it might have been Bowers in charge. I think it was Bowers' first year, right? Twenty seventeen. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I that that was sometimes when something is really it's like a Sharpay. I've said this before, but it's like a Sharpay dog. If it's so ugly, it's kind of cute and fun to write about. And that game was that game was a Sharpay. Scott Tolzien was a nice guy. Oh, but you didn't have to know football. You didn't have to be a coach or a scout to realize this dude can't play. You can't be serious putting him out there as a starter. And the Colts maintained, oh yeah, he's our guy. And it took. What thirty seconds for you to realize this is a disaster? You got to get this guy out of here right now. Yeah, Sam Darnold. He's not Darnold yeah. threw a pick six in his first pass of the of his career, but it turned out okay for him. And yeah, Tolzien not so much. So when Ballard has the conference call, press conference, whatever it ends up being later today, I'm assuming one of the first questions outside of "Hey, what does this mean?" bone issue. Give us more specifics. Is is Andrew Luck going to play Week One? If Ballard wavers on that. Is that when you start panicking? Or I guess my question is, Greg, when should people start panicking? Oh, the, the the moment they heard about this little bone issue is when they should have. Those who hadn't started panicking, and I was like, I don't panic, so I don't, so I don't panic. Um, I mean, I'm a sports writer, I'm not a fan, but if I were a fan, the way I think about Andrew and the way I think about this, I'd have been panicking already. It was already panic time, and I think I've made that clear a few times that this is not good. And it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's going to end up bad, but this is not good. So if if you if you need comfort to not panic, you can't be comfortable. Well, the last people who hadn't panicked yet, whoever they are, whoever you are, the moment you heard about Ursay and the little bone, whether it was last night or you heard about it this morning or you're hearing about it right now, whatever, it's time to panic, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm with you as far as at this point. I don't know about panic. Concern. If you're not concerned, you're just an ostrich at this point, right? You're and, just, so you got your head in the sand. And you're asking about what will if Ballard says. There's. I don't think there's any way Ballard can say for sure he'll play. I know Ballard. You know, I, we all know Ballard. We know the way he talks. He's very, and I'm about to say honest, and he is very honest. Um, he's not been the one telling us about the word calf strain for weeks. That's been somebody else. Ballard mentioned the calf strain a month ago or whenever. I, I think he did. Heck, I don't even know if he did. I don't know if Ballard's ever talked about this publicly. Ballard's very honest. Very honest. So. He's not going to say Andrew will play in week one because he's going to say, I don't know. And people are going to take that the way they take that. But I, I almost can promise you he's not going to promise us luck will play that first game because he can't do it. You, I mean, you, you can't do it. No. If you're Frank Reich and you want to you know, pie in the sky because that's what head coaches do, what Pagano always did, you can do it. But you can't do it if you're Ballard and he won't. And Reich has even always said, look, I'm an optimistic guy. So yeah. I'm going to give you the optimistic viewpoint because that's just who I am by nature. This is a let's cross this bridge when we get there sort of situation, but let's just do it right now off the cuff because we've got three weeks before the season starts, and, and I think this bone issue is the first time where you've really, really felt like, okay, week one might be in jeopardy for Andrew Luck. If Jacoby Brissett is the starter in L.A. against the Chargers week one, what is your confidence level on the scale of 1 to 10 in Brissett? Well, ha- had you asked him that question back in, you know, in July – I'd have said, you know, seven or eight. He's he's really good. I mean, he's a really good backup, and and Reich thinks he's a top twenty quarterback, and and there are people that would agree with that. And I I don't think, based on his twenty seventeen season, he was pretty good. I mean, he was pretty good, um, especially considering the circumstances. I mean, you talk about getting thrown into the fire. My God, I mean, he rolled into town yeah. right a couple of days before the first game, and and was throwing a fifty yard bomb in that first game, and and threw for three thousand yards that season. I mean, did, and, and against a terrible offensive line behind mm-hmm. one. I mean, so. My confidence level at one point was really high on him, and I don't want to let two or three series in the preseason opener stop me from being confident, but he didn't look good. 
he did not look good, and he's not been looking great in camp. He's not looked uh, kind of like what we saw, and he's not Tolzien. He's so much better than Tolzien. But we all saw Tolzien two years ago. We all saw what he was. Yeah. Couldn't believe he was starting. Jacoby's not that, but we've seen camp, and he's not been great. And then he what? And in the preseason game, he wasn't great. So my confidence level right now is probably a four. Yeah, and especially when you consider the week one opponent. <laughs> the Chargers oh, on that the road. Defense? Oh, that I mean, You know that that's a really difficult one. It's not like you know you're you're starting at home against Arizona or somebody, um, or the Raiders. That would be maybe a little bit of an easier sell. Behind an offensive line, the, a Colts line that was manhandled um, in the opener in the first quarter, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, by uh, by Buffalo, and and again, it's just one quarter. I get it. At the same time, that's all we've got to go on. Yeah. So we can all say it doesn't matter. Or we can say we have one little piece of evidence, one piece, and I don't know how you completely ignore it. You can you can chip away at it and say we you know it might not be all that accurate, blah 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 blah. But to have one piece of evidence, one, and to flat out ignore it, that's what stupid people do. No, you're right. But part of me is also like Greg. The Colts have it, it's a time honored tradition in Indianapolis that the Colts stink it up in the preseason. They always stink, <laughs> and you just wonder how much that that actually matters because so many of those great Peyton Manning teams stunk in the preseason and then they'd they'd go undefeated in September October they go like 10 and 0 every single year and and be Super Bowl contenders I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team but sometimes when I watch Colts preseason football it's almost like my brain is trained into thinking eh, whatever yeah then there's a big part of that too it is and it's and it wasn't even like it was one full game where they stunk for a full game the starters played one quarter and they weren't good Mm -hmm. so I I need to take a step back from being too concerned about what I saw (laughs) At the same time, Jacoby's not been great in camp either. No, he just, you're right. he just had, he's not been terrible. He's not been tolzing, but he's not been great. He's not been a three thousand yard passing guy. What other takeaways did you have from preseason game one? Because that originally was what this pod was going to be about uh, before the bone issue deal with with Andrew Luck. That's what we were going to lead with from what you saw in Buffalo. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, or until Andrew Luck has a bone issue, and then the yeah, plan goes right, right out yep, the window. Exactly. Um, you know, I. Week one, I I watched the first quarter and a half, and I was riding. I, I didn't go to Buffalo. They you know, and I'm happy I didn't go to Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, there's there's smart money you spend, mm-hmm. and there's dumb money you spend. Sending me to Buffalo for a 7 p.m. game, that 7 p.m. game is dumb money. So anyway, I wrote that from my couch. Um, but because I had that luxury, I I was riding. So I didn't. Once once Chad Kelly started playing apparently well, I wasn't watching, and I don't care. Um, you had your story, and that's what. Yeah, my story was the first yeah. quarter, and here's how it looked. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. My takeaway is what I've already said. However, I, I saw EJ Speed make a make a play that was really nice. I saw Rocky Sin not look good, and then make a nice play later. And he's been killing it in practice ever since. So maybe it was just misleading how he got abused. The first two th- things that happened to him, and I, I was just kind of blown away at all these great players the Colts have that didn't play great that game. Mm-hmm. Blown away. It was yeah, it, Quinn it, Nelson had a bad series. Bad. Yeah. Bad. And I was at one point lucky, feeling feeling happy that Darius Leonard didn't on the field because the last thing I want to see is that guy missing 14 tackles. And, of course, that won't happen. But then again, <laughs> Quentin Nelson getting abused won't happen. Yeah, it was weird. But it did. Uh, Malik Hooker, I thought, uh, looked a little bit lost out there. And, and he's got to shake the rust off a little bit. But uh, this is a big season for him because it, it's – at some point, Greg, you have to look at Malik and be like, okay – it's put up or shut up time. Like, are, are you going to be the guy that they said you were going to be, or is this just going to be like an, an injury prone, whatever player back there? Or is he going to be the big time playmaker? You know, the Ed Reed type that he was slated to be. Yeah, he was a first round pick, obviously sixteenth, I think overall, and was and there's so much ceiling with him upside, so little ceiling, so high a ceiling because 
he he hadn't played that position very much. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a basketball player in high school who dabbled in football. So his room to grow was so enormous. And, of course, the ACL happened. And they say the ACL, you can play in a year, but you're not who you really are for about 18 months. Well, his 18 months came and went. So he's been – I mean, he's he ought to be who he is. And he looked slow. It, it's one thing to say he didn't – he had no interceptions. How good can he be? You know, he was getting outrun by people. And when the quarterback, Allen, weighing 250, juked him, just – juked him and then kind of ran away from him towards yeah. the out of bounds that was weird to watch and then yesterday in practice and Naheem Hines is fast Naheem Hines was a sprinter at NC State not a world-class sprinter but nonetheless a college sprinter all-league sprinter right he was an all-conference sprinter yeah. yeah and he scored a touchdown yesterday in practice where he ran away from Malik Hooker and maybe he's supposed to but every little bit of evidence we have again about Malik Hooker is people running away from him including the Bills and that first they threw a deep ball where the guy just blew right by Hooker blew right I mean blew right by him mm-hmm. So I, I just wonder, is he, does he have a bone issue in his ankle? Yeah, right. <laughs> just a little bone issue. Where's right? Ursa? I have to worry about. I need to ask you, Mercy, about Malik Hooker. <laughs> Let's talk about some positives, uh, some standout performers. Reese Fountain had a great week in camp and then backed it up with a really nice game in Buffalo, and it, it looks like he's carried that momentum into this week as well. A guy that we kind of forgot about in last year's draft class because he was cut and then re-added to the practice squad, but now it looks like maybe he's the front runner for one of those last receiver spots. It looks to me like he and Deion Kane have to make this team. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton has to make this team. Paris Campbell, you wonder if he'll be on the pup or something because he hadn't played in two weeks. And yeah, and those hamstring issues. Like with Marlon Mack last year, just they nag and nag and right. nag. And, and he's apparently had a small, Reich said, I don't want to use the word setback, but then he described it as a setback. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but let's assume Campbell's is on the roster. But that, That's Campbell, Funches, Hilton, Kane, and Fountain. That's five. How many do they carry? It's five or six. Yeah, um, and you would think that Rodgers is going to be maybe I mean, one of those guys. Rodgers is important. Zach Pascal is very good. Yeah. Special teams. Uh, Krishan Hogan's had a great camp. And he's a great kid. And, and uh, Marion, obviously, with the local tie-ins. You'd right. love to see him make it. There's no re- I'm not, and I'm not, so I'm not saying Krishan Hogan can't make this team, but just they've got eight or nine guys mm-hmm. for five or six spots, and that's a, a great problem to have if you're a Colts fan or coach. It's not a great problem to have if you're one of those eight or nine guys not named T.Y. Hilton. Chad Kelly, too, had a standout performance, albeit when a lot of the guys who aren't going to be playing NFL football were playing. But I don't think there's any question, Greg. No one has ever said, hey, Chad Kelly isn't talented. They've said, hey, Chad Kelly's a knucklehead. And you saw <laughs> you saw some of that talent right. out, out there on the field. Yeah, and you know, Philip Walker, I think, is is on this team. Um I think he I think he's on this team. He's a change up in practice. Mm-hmm. He gives you something to look at differently. He's a different kind of athlete, different kind of player, scrambler and whatnot. Um, I, I don't think, and he's little, I, I don't think he's on this team because he's, anybody thinks he's ever going to play. I think he's on this team almost like, and this is going too far, but that's what I do, but almost like if you're a college basketball coach and you have a couple walk-ons, those walk-ons better make great grades, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to lift your team GPA and they're not going to get in trouble and all that. I think Walker's on this team kind of for that reason and the change-up and all that. Not because he's going to play. Chad Kelly's a guy that might someday be able to play. I mean, I we haven't ruled. I'm not saying he can, but I'm just saying with Walker, I think we kind of know he's probably never going to be an NFL player. Yeah. Not really. Chad Kelly, we don't know that yet. We do know he's suspended for two games, right, too? Yeah, and that creates a really interesting issue because let's say hypothetically Kelly beats out Walker for the QB three spot. Can you re- and and let's say Luck can't go week one. Right? Can you really carry Chad Kelly when you know he, who's your backup quarterback? Then are you going to keep four quarterbacks? Right. I mean, you're, I I think they're they're either going to have to keep if Luck's not playing. And at this point, I, I'm just going to say he's not going to play week one. I'm, I mean, let's just assume that for the sake of this argument, Luck's not playing. You're down to three. 
but you're down to two because Chad Kelly can't play. He's suspended. Yeah. So you have to keep four unless you decide Kelly is not the guy. And and you put him on your taxi squad and hope no one snatches him up. Mm-hmm. And and that will be a function of how much more does he put on tape between now and then because I mean his his week one tape I assume impressed somebody. The question with Chad Kelly is he's got to impress people more than just at a certain level because he's got to overcome the knucklehead factor. And you don't win a press conference on cutdown day by devoting one of your, your 53 roster spots, which they'd have to do to claim him off the Colts taxi squad, you don't win the press conference by claiming a guy who's been suspended for the first two games. And not for what he did. I mean, J- Chad Kelly, and I, I now kind of forget all the details, but I wrote about it when they signed him, saying I don't understand why he's here, and I don't, and I didn't. And It's almost like a stalking-slash-trespassing deal? Is the, that what it was? The trespass was weird. I mean, it seemed like he got drunk and walked in the wrong uh, apartment. Okay. But, but he also, another time, he had multiple issues. Another time he was at a club, drunk, told the bouncer something along, and I've written this, so whatever I wrote is more accurate than what I'm about to say, but he said something along the lines of, I'm going to go back to my car and get my AK-47, and I'll oh, be wow. back. Something like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing he didn't have one, but when those words those words don't come out of the mouth of someone that I want on my team. They just don't. Not ever. Even I mean, they, it's kind of like you don't walk into an airplane and, and scream bomb knowing you don't have a bomb. That's not funny. No. And it's criminal, and it's I don't want you on my team. So, Chad Kelly, I don't, I don't know why you're still here. So there's nothing that he can do right now. You're you're completely closed off on Chad Kelly being a part of this squad. Like I say earlier about another team claiming him, he better put on tape some stuff that's so good that it over it overrides the knucklehead fact. Like Antonio Brown mm-hmm. is so good that you tolerate the 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 cryotherapy and you tolerate the helmet. I mean, he's just that good. Yeah. And Chad Kelly clearly will never be that. But is he going to be so good that he's worth carrying as your number two quarterback based on what he's done in the past? And he's got a track record. This one, yeah, he made him. He, he got drunk a time or two in Buffalo. No, the, the, he. I mean, in college, in high school, there were a lot of issues. A lot of issues. Yep. When I was writing that story about Chad Kelly, I was writing. I don't know why he's here, and I didn't even know half of it. Like I didn't know why he was here, not even knowing half of it. So I, I don't mean to bash Chad Kelly, but you're asking me, is he is he dead to me? He's not dead to me, but I need to see him play great to overcome the knucklehead factor that we all know is there. But you talk about uh, like a, a terrible situation for the Colts here because we've you and I have discussed this. Everybody's discussed, Greg, anybody that's been to Westfield has seen how much talent there is on this roster and how difficult cutdown day is going to be. Yeah. Luck's injury throws a major wrench into this whole thing. If we're to assume he doesn't play, you got to carry four quarterbacks. That's that's another guy that you have to, or another guy or two that you have to cut that you weren't planning to cut. Yeah, they are probably going to put Walker on. I don't know how many years you can be on taxi squad. There's a limit, right? But I, I assume Walker was going to be their third quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 Kelly. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. There's so, there's so many ways to stash a guy that don't count. And I don't know if you're on the suspended list if that means they can stash him for two weeks. I have no, Chad Kelly. I have no idea, but. Yeah, this luck thing doesn't help at all. And even the shoot the taxi squad spots, one thing Ballard has said over the years is that he will know he's getting it right when teams start claiming cut Colts on cutdown yeah. day. That's when you get it right, when, when guys that can't make your team are snatched up. And it really hasn't been happening, uh, with the exception of uh, John Simon last year and, and maybe another guy or two, but kind of John Simon was the guy. This year it's going to happen. The question is, is it going to happen with two or three or four guys? Or because the Lux injury is going to happen with one additional guy. Because there's, there's going to be some guys cut to get claimed, for sure. Let's talk about this week. Browns coming to town. Most hyped team in the league. Kind of weird to say that the Browns are a good barometer or litmus test to see where the Colts are. But you've looked at this roster, right? I mean, this is a really talented Browns roster. I don't know if they're going to live up to the hype. But, man, pound for pound on paper, they look great. How about, and this just, just occurred to me at this moment, should have occurred to me sooner, but how about the GMs in charge of this? 
Both came from KC. Yeah. You look at KC and where they are. I mean, they are now a, a well-oiled machine. It looks like, right? right. They're they're <laughs> as soon as New England goes away. Uh-huh. You know, we all will New England ever go away? Who the heck knows? But as soon as New England goes away, the Chiefs are the AFC front runner for like the next decade. And the Colts might have something to say about that. But at this exact moment, it's the Chiefs after the Patriots. And that team was put together. That franchise was put together by Dorsey and Ballard. And now Dorsey, John Dorsey, is in Cleveland. And look at Cleveland. And Ballard's here in Indianapolis. So that's that's pretty good stuff right there. So, yeah, this is – Cleveland is – clearly this is not your older brother's Cleveland Browns team. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly it's not. It was put together by – I mean, Dorsey's apparently a damn genius. And Ballard's not, not far behind and might be right there with them. The problem I have with Dorsey is that he doesn't have a problem with characteristics. And I don't mean to be Aunt B or whoever – whoever the person is that you know complains about all these awful people being in the NFL I don't mean to be that guy but but when you when you load your roster with them yeah. when you clearly don't care about anything but winning because he's got guys you know domestic violence guy I mean he's got all Come kinds on, of stuff guys like that yeah Tyreek Hill I mean he had guys that that they knew had issues and I mean going back to some horrible stuff that happened in KC mm-hmm. years ago that Dorsey was fingerprints were on so I got a problem with how he's willing to win. I, there, I mean, we all want a, a winner, but you want to win and hold your head up. And anyway, I don't. I'm not like Dorsey's not dead to me either. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable with how how he's willing to sacrifice pretty much anything to win. And I like that Ballard hadn't done that. The worst thing in this conversation, the worst thing Ballard has done is Chad Kelly. Mm-hmm. And if that's the worst thing, if that's the worst guy you allow your team, that that's not so bad. And at the end of the day, you got 90 guys. You're going to have a couple of bad apples, period. You are. I, we, we can sit here and pretend like the Colts are holier than thou, but you got 90 guys. You've got some people with some skeletons in the closet, period. Right. It's going to happen, and it, it's just got to be worth it, which is kind of why my whole thing with Chad Kelly's always been. The Colts haven't really they haven't really gotten a, a problem guy yet. Mm-hmm. Why him? Of course, Frank Reich and the, the Jim Jim yeah. Kelly. I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I understand why him. I even asked that. It's a rhetorical. Why him? Well, we I guess we know why. And it is Frank Reich doing a solid Jim Kelly. And how can you not root for Jim Kelly? I mean, you, you, what he's been through. So, I mean, on the one hand, I get it. I get it. I get it. On the other hand, if they're going to take some character risks, it better be worth it. Like, I wanted them to get Sue a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I remember that. He's a bad guy, mm-hmm. I think. Definitely a bad guy on the field, for sure. He might be a great guy off the field. But on the field, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's filthy. Filthy, but man, is your team better if he's on it? Or it should be. He's the kind of guy that makes everybody around him better, which is what Darius Leonard does. So uh, anyway, I I'm not against character guys. Just make it be the right one. Are you a Baker Mayfield guy? Because oh yeah, when, when I think of Baker at OU, I kind of I long for the old flamethrower CBSSports.com columnist Greg Doyle when it comes to, just because he's such a polarizing figure. I, w- I would have been interested to hear your take on him back in his college days because he elicits either an overwhelmingly positive or an overwhelmingly negative response, doesn't he? You either love the guy, or you hate the guy. Well, he's so cocky and and, yeah. and and cockiness, and and he sneers when he talks, and that's not attractive. I don't like. I love confidence. I love it. I don't like. I don't like dismissive cocky, but that's the way of the modern day NFL athletes. Why Andrew Luck is so different, you know, and, and Darius Leonard too. Uh, I don't, so I don't love that about him. Um, what I love about him is really just not not the person at all. I don't really don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know that much about the person. What the headlines aren't 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 so great, but I love watching him play. Love watching him play. And I remember when he was at Oklahoma um, as a senior, I think it was. I remember tweeting out something, and of course, half the people didn't get it, but I tweeted out. Baker Mayfield is way too short to be as good as he's going to be in the NFL someday. 
which was I meant as a compliment. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna be a great player despite the fact that he's short. And of course, immediately on Twitter, you get a million people saying, "Why you think he's too short? Russell Wilson's only five let like dummy." Read my tweet very carefully, and if you don't understand <laughs> it, have your dad read it for you. Yeah, no, reading comprehension sometimes lacks on Twitter there. But Ugh. I think it's been a great fit because if Baker Mayfield, let's say Baker Mayfield was a later round pick and goes to I don't know an already established franchise, New England, Seattle, something like that. I don't know if that attitude works. But the attitude that he has going to Cleveland, it was almost like this, okay, you think we suck? Well, you suck. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, he, he just didn't give a bleep about what the narrative was around the Browns or what had happened before he got there. He kind of approached it, I think, as this is my team now, and we're going to change things. And they did. I mean, uh, they, they hit the ground running. What was it, week two that they beat the Jets? Week three, whatever it was, where all the Bud Light freezers um, – the refrigerators opened up. It's almost like the floodgates opened on Cleveland as well, and, and everything that had happened in recent seasons kind of washed away with it. Yeah, and that that one position is it's the most important position in sports, mm-hmm. really. There's now the NBA superstar, whoever he is, is probably the most important player in sports because that one guy we've seen with LeBron, that one guy can make that difference everywhere he goes. You can't make that much of a difference one player on the field, no matter how good you are. However, in the locker room, the way it pervades the whole franchise. There's no more important job in sports than quarterback. So, yes, you're right. I was going to actually say what you just said because we're on the same page with this as we're on the same page on so many things, Derek, <laughs> except for your voice being better than mine because of all the damn Kegels you've been doing. Hey, but with this podcast going as long as it will, uh, I'm sure we'll butt heads eventually. Oh, you're a butthead. <laughs> no, make no mistake about that. But, yeah, Baker came in. There was zero Fs to give, zero, and it, it, it permeates the entire locker room mm. um, because if you're at Cleveland – there is a little bit of a, until now, there's been kind of a Charlie Brown thing, like what's going to go wrong now? It's it just, how could it not? And he walks in there just swaggering, swaggering, swaggering. And if he played receiver, it probably wouldn't go over so well because, listen, dude, you're a receiver, you're out there on an island, you're selfish. But when you're the quarterback swaggering, it's just a little bit different. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, and I can't wait to see what happens this year because it's so weird to think that all eyes are on the Cleveland freaking Browns of all teams, but... Uh, you know, this Odell Beckham situation, what's going to happen there? Um, I think they're clearly the most intriguing team in the NFL, and there are a lot of intriguing teams as we enter into 2020. Uh, let's talk about your latest column. Uh, you talked about, I believe, Westbrook at IU coming back from the big injuries, right? Nick Westbrook, and yeah, how he's he's probably an NFL player. He's been through a lot with, mm-hmm. his, with his knee, and we got to see. He's kind of like Malik Hooker. You're back in a year, but we're not sure. He. Nick Westbrook hit his stride midseason last year, so we'll see if he has a bigger year this year. His sophomore year was a monster. Junior, not so much. Pretty good. Senior year, could be a monster again. He's an NFL player. Point of all that is he's better off the field. And we you know, we say this every now and then about guys. He's a great player and even even better person, and it's, it's almost never right. Uh, it's right with Nick Westbrook. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. And I've got IU fans have been mad at me because uh, I haven't really written one of these kind of stories about their team. And they're, mm-hmm. and they're right. I haven't. Uh, I mean, I wrote about Juwan Morgan this kind of way, and – and Robert Johnson this kind of way a couple years ago, but it's been a while. Meanwhile, Purdue, I'm writing about different things, and IU fans have been noticing. How come you write nice stuff about Purdue and and you know love them, Tyler Trent? You know how come you t- t- you pull hard strings at Purdue, but at IU you're always dropping a hammer on somebody. So it felt good for me to run into somebody as wonderful as Nick Westbrook, yeah. and not that they're rare at IU. I'm not saying that, but just felt really good for me to go write the kind of story that IU fans readers have been telling me they would like to read, and about a guy that deserves it so much. And I mean he. He does more than any player I've ever seen volunteering, and he's down on himself. He doesn't do more, and they, and he meant it, and I love that. And Tom Allen's a great guy. Tom Allen's really easy to root for. It's just at the end of the day, his job's to win games, and if Indiana's just going to churn out five and seven seasons, then there's just not a lot to talk about. Yeah, and Allen, 
Allen is part of the reason why that team is doing great stuff off the field. Westbrook told me that Allen has told the team, the players, go out in, in the community and do mm-hmm. stuff as position groups. But he, what Allen has said to them is, is we're not going to assign you. We're not going to you know, go to a hospital with 40 of us in our jerseys and take a photo op. Go do it on your own, which is the best way to do it. Sure. Absolute best way to do it, and I love that. And let me tell you how proud Tom Allen is of Nick Westbrook. And this is kind of weird, uh, but in a great way. And I, and I, of course, love it in every possible way. But I've tweeted out the Westbrook story twice now. It's been retweeted by a handful of people. Tom Allen's one. He's retweeted it twice himself, both yeah. times. And so, which means he's proud of that kid. Sure, he's proud of that kid, and I, I, I love that. Yeah, he loves his players. And for those people that you know, I had some people ask me last week, Schultz, when are, when are you and Doyle going to get into the um, other stuff besides the Colts? We will talk about IU, Purdue, football, Pacers, all of that stuff. This isn't just going to be a, a Colts podcast, but because the season's three weeks away and the Andrew Luck stuff, th- that's going to be the heavy focus well, here for the first couple of episodes. Am I hearing this right? After our first podcast, you're already getting. Oh we, yeah, we're already getting. Like, oh, how come so much sweeping the city already? <laughs> I mean, it's just hugely, hugely popular already. No, but hugely negative. After one podcast, people are already complaining about how come there's so much cults. That's all people do. It's Twitter, right? right. What's the point of Twitter if you're not going to complain? Last thing here. I I know that you're passionate about a couple of things. I know you love dogs. I know you have this weird infatuation with discarded, like, three-day-old pizza boxes. Um, If there's pizza inside. (laughs) Indiana basketball gyms seem to be something else that you've been really you, you've felt a connection with yeah i did and if we're talking about about me and weird do you see these over here on the floor these are my shoes yeah i take my shoes off everywhere i go and mike wells of VS, yeah i'm in no oh, socks you, you, you don't have shoes on right now. i even noticed that. no i'm in socks mike wells notices that in press conferences he's always give me a hard time um i'll just Not say on this. an airplane right everywhere oh Everywhere in an airport, in an airport terminal, waiting for a flight, my shoes are off, and I'm not trying to hide it. Like my shoes are off. You got a problem with this? Um, this is weird, but it, <laughs> as I have told a million people a million times, I'm not normal. My feet sweat too much, and it could be the medication I'm taking. I think I, I really do think one of the medications I'm on um, is <laughs> causing Lexapro is causing my feet to sweat, but they sweat too much, and I get athlete's foot if I sweat too much. So I'm just trying to prevent athlete's foot. If you don't mind, we're laying all the cards on the table here. Yeah, you know, I take them off. I mean, I take them <laughs> off in my car for a. If I'm driving more than five minutes, my shoes are off. So it's a weird deal. But about basketball gyms, <laughs> you know, when I got to this state, and I and I've lived in North Carolina, which is a pretty good basketball state. Oh yeah, and I've lived just north of Kentucky. But when I was at CBS, I wrote a lot about Kentucky. Pretty good basketball state, and I've lived in ten states, literally ten, maybe eleven at this point. And I've never seen a state. There aren't any states. Where the gyms, and not one or two, every state has a weird, like South Dakota, I think, has that gym made out of corn husks or whatever. Mm. Every state has a, an obscure giant rubber band ball or whatever of a gym. But nowhere is the gym the star in 50 or 100 cities. And I've written about 8 or 10 of them since I've been here, maybe 12, I don't know. There's more out there. In fact, every time I write one of these, a reader emails me and says, hey, do you know about the gym in here? And I always write back, I didn't, I do now, I'm saving this, I'm going to get to this. So... Yeah, I love these old historic gyms and the one in Michigan Town specifically. I mean, you can't make this crap up. They they're called the Mich- Michiganders, shortened to Ganders by a sports writer. It was too lazy to tie out the whole thing. Well, Gander means goose. The fa- the town didn't like it. The coach loved it. Someone donated a goose to the team. <laughs> Their mascot was a damn goose. Really? Wow. A live goose. And because it's a, it was a good goose, but because it was a goose and goose have their limitations, they put them in a diaper. So this damn goose is running around the court Unreal. in a diaper in a red and the Michigan town was red and red and white so it was a red satin outfit like super goose 
And this in, is what, like 50, 60 years ago? In the 50s. Okay. In a diaper. And Frankfurt, bless their heart, because your, your name is Frankfurt, so what, what is your mascot going to be? It's going to be a dachshund. Mm. Well, they brought a live dachshund to a gym that the, the ganders brought their goose, and the goose chased the dachshund off the court. Like, there can only be one alpha dog, and goose, it's not the dog. Goose can be mean. I mean, you live on the south side. You know those things are everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. I love them. Goose. I, I love the word goose. It sounds like something from Wisconsin. You ought, goose. I love a goose. Love a goose. When I moved here, I moved here in 06, Follow those six from Bloomington, and uh, when, I, when I was done at IU and, and my fifth year victory lap, and my roommate was really big into high school sports, and I told him, I was like, I just want you to make a list for me, and I want to hit as many of these high school gyms as possible and watch games. So I went to... Newcastle, Fieldhouse, and uh, Hatchet House, and uh, really all the NCC gyms, Richmond, uh, Marion, and all of that, and it really is incredible. Like they're all, they're all their own little cathedrals, and you've done a great job of extracting these, you know, goose in a diaper stories. Because just going in the building is cool enough, but then when you really kind of peel back the layers and and you hear about the history and all these weird quirks. You're right. It is very, very unique to Indiana. I go to these gyms thinking I'm going to write about the gym, and there's always so much more there. And I got one more story coming up in a few weeks, and it's done. It's just a matter of when do I drop it in. But I went down to a gym in southern Indiana, in Floyd County, Mount St. Francis, which is no longer. They have the gym. The school's closed. It was a seminary for high school kids, boarding seminary. Wow. And I went down to their gym, and their gym's crazy. That's all I'm going to say. Their gym's crazy. That gym is the craziest damn gym I've ever seen. That story's coming. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot there. You can check all that out, IndyStar.com slash sports. That's where you can find our podcast. And, by the way, real quick, I'm sorry if you have to repeat all that, repeat all that. But no, go ahead. That sentence. But, but, but folks, and I, um, you can you know click on any of my stories, any of them. There's a chance to subscribe to the star. Um, please consider it. We're not asking for a whole bunch of money. And, and I've written a column about this actually explaining why this is important. And I'm not going to give you that journalism. A free press is important. No, no, no. Screw that. My job is important to me. <laughs> And people like me, but specifically me, we're not sure how much longer we're going to have jobs. We're just not because everybody's reading us for free. And I get it. You've, you've gotten accustomed to reading us for free and you think you sh- should be doing it forever. And on, on the one hand, I understand that. But on the other hand, I'd like to have a job in two years and 10 years. And I'd like to retire in 15 years. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do it unless enough of you guys subscribe. So um, am I asking for money for my pocket? Not really. I'm asking for money to support the Indy Star. Um, but a few of those pennies will go to my pocket. Too, and it's yeah. not even, what is it, like a, a, cup of, a cup and a half of coffee a month? It's for an n- online pers- uh, subscription. The the entry the entry rate we're giving it away, and the and then if, even whatever the normal rate we're giving it away. Yeah. I mean we're giving. I look at these rates and think, well that's not sustainable. Even if the whole damn city subscribes, mm. we can't survive on that. But they think maybe we can, but we need people to chip in. So just think about it. That's all. And you do a great job. Not only the cult stuff, but also where else are you going to get you know goose in a diaper stories? Well, no one you, you don't no, get that anywhere. Else. No one eats three day old pizza. No one takes their shoes off everywhere <laughs> they go. And no one writes the stuff I write. I mean, uh, you, you're, if, if you want unique or or weird, that's me, and that's kind of us too. Derek. Yeah, you, I think I'm, I'm a weird dude too. Uh, we'll we'll get into some of that. I can't say uh, that I'm. Uh, my feet are sweaty, but uh, we'll get into some of that eventually. We can talk about your chest hair. Next, next time we're talking about your chest hair. Next <laughs> we can time. do that. Because I'm, I'm looking at a whole lot of it. I'm proud of my mane of chest hair. Uh, IndyStar.com, <laughs> iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker. There's really nowhere where you can't find this podcast. And be sure to check us out on Twitter as well, at Greg Doyle Star and at Schultz975 in the afternoons on Fox Sports 1260 with Quarry and Schultz. Thanks so much, my man. We'll fill it up again next Tuesday. Love it, love it, love it.